remember the class where I taught y'all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, welcome into 2020. It is now a Thursday, January 2nd here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. The show is Make It Rain, and uh, we welcome you into a brand new a brand new year. Welcome to the 20s. That's right. Kind of hard to wrap our head around that, but uh, it is here. It is upon us, and uh, we got a lot going on here, including nine NBA games, 12 NHL games, two bowl games. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> 73 college basketball games on the card here today. So obviously plenty of ways uh, for you to be able to help uh, make it rain to start your 2020. And uh, we'll dive into some of these uh, matchups as we move along, getting ready, of course, for wild card weekend on Saturday and Sunday here and the market, the way it's uh, the way it's been moving. Uh, interesting to say the least who some people think is going to uh, is going to be the clear cut winners here in these games. Although I would caution you, nothing is clear cut in wild card weekend. Uh, usually what is up is down. What is down is up. And it's uh, it gets to be a little bit crazy. They call it wild card for a reason. So we'll dive into the market there. And uh, yesterday was all about New Year's Day bowl games. We had four of them. Blue Bloods were on display yesterday. Uh, we also had a uh, number one uh, quarterback uh, on the board there go at it in the Rose Bowl in uh, in Justin Herbert in Oregon. And if you were hoping to see some sort of a uh, prolific, uh, uh, some sort of uh, air raid attack going on, uh, that was not the game for you. Uh, in fact, he did score three touchdowns, but all with his legs and barely threw for 150 yards. And I think the one takeaway all bowl season I can have, and that includes uh, the guy that's going to be playing in the uh, championship game there, Joe Burrow. Uh, I do not know if any of these quarterbacks are going to be solid NFL players. I just don't. They, I kind of put them all in the same bag where they are definitely a cut above everyone else in college. But that doesn't necessarily translate into great NFL quarterbacks. And if it's never been more obvious to teams, it should be obvious to them now. And it should be obvious to fans that um, there is really no correlation between being a great college quarterback, a, a successful college quarterback, and being a great NFL quarterback. There's just not. Uh, there's too many other factors that go into it. Like who the hell drafts you and where do you end up going? But I mean, certainly at six, five, six, six, I see the arm, the athleticism. I mean, Justin Herbert has all the tools, spent four years in college. He is, you know, he's a guy that's going to be high up on jab boards. Obviously, everyone's already given uh, Joe Burrow's going to Cincinnati, which is all fine and dandy. But I would pump the brakes, guys, here. Very few quarterbacks taken number one, uh, number two over the last, I don't know, 100 years, guys. Uh, it is truly a crapshoot. So while we're all jumping up and down and saying, yay, we get to pick our quarterback, our franchise quarterback, I would caution you, um, there is no sure thing, and certainly not this year. I don't, I can't look at anybody in this, uh, in these games here, in these bowl games, and what I've seen this year, Dan, and go, that's Andrew Luck. That's John Elway. That's yeah. I just, I mean, hell, even Dan Marino went somewhere around number 20. I, I just, I don't, nobody jumps off the page to me. Good college quarterbacks. 
I don't know that Joe Burrow is going to be a, a definite franchise quarterback. And I would caution fans to pump the brakes on how great this crop of quarterbacks is. I think next year's crop might be better than what we're seeing this year. Well, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates. For the first time in this decade, let's cock-a-doodle do it. I uh, I don't disagree with you. That's what I wanted to see in the January 1st games as well. We know Joe Burrow is there as number one. I wanted to see Fromm, and I wanted to see Herbert, okay? Because these are, in many people's cases, the second and third of the quarterbacks who will be healthy and maybe can play to a notwithstanding. And I got to tell you, um, I agree with most of what you said. You know, I thought Fromm looked better from the pocket. Uh, that throw for the first touchdown that he threw to, I guess, Pickens was a perfect throw. You know, drop it in the bucket down the left sideline. I like that. That was a pro throw, right? So I thought Fromm looked better from the pocket. But Justin Herbert, he did have the three rushing touchdowns, but you could see that he has a little bit of that athleticism, a little bit of that mobility. And, Joe, we have been saying that in the NFL, that is some of what you need. So you mentioned he does have all the tools. I was a little bit concerned that at 6'5", 6'6", there are a couple of balls that he threw yesterday that got batted down. That was something we were worried about Kyler Murray at 5'8". We shouldn't have to worry about it, Justin Herbert, at 6'5". But you're right, he has the tools. What it made me think of, Joe and we've talked about this, is what about a guy like Jalen Hurts? What about a guy and other uh, dual-threat quarterbacks? We see now where this NFL is going with Lamar, with Kyler Murray, right? So I wonder if these kind of traditional quarterbacks that are at the top of McShay's list aren't, you know, generational. I wonder if more and more teams will take a look at the dual threat options and try to build around them. I mean, any team that wants to hire Greg Roman as their new head coach could consider getting a guy like a Jalen Hurts, uh, partnering him with a bridge quarterback like a Tarad or a Mariota and going all in like Baltimore. And what I saw out of Fromm and Herbert, you're right, didn't fully impress me. To the point of like, up, oh, that's the blue chipper right there. And I wonder if more and more NFL teams start to embrace really using the dual threat quarterback. Yeah, well, you know, doing the dual threat quarterback is great. And there's not that many that are going to be uh, available this year to begin with. But, I, you know, are you are you drafting him in the top 10? I, are you, you know, unless you have. To, and that's, again, why so much of these guys coming out of college, their success in the NFL is so dependent oh, yeah. on where the hell they go and what teams are you going to? Because we've seen time and time again. I mean, listen, look at Tannehill. Tannehill was a uh, a wide receiver sure. in college uh, to start, and then final two years, he goes ahead and he, uh, you know, he throws uh, some passes. He gets drafted by the uh, the Dolphins, and he spends his first six, seven years in a league in anonymity because, you know, I'll stick a fork in him, he's no good. Meanwhile, as he went through five or six coordinators, uh, it, it just, and now look at him. Now he's thriving, right system, right place. Right. Just hold the brakes, guys, on anointing any one of these kids coming out this year as the savior of a franchise. It's just not there yet. It, they're just, Andrew Luck was a savior. We Everybody knew that when he was a freshman. I don't know that we've got that right now. I, and I don't know that we're going to have it next year either, but teams are going to be willing yeah. to roll the dice. That's why maybe they go the other route. Yeah, and to make it take a chance. Up. 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. So, uh, some um, some bad news yesterday uh, came out when we learned that the uh, the godfather of the NBA, there, David Stern, uh, passed away at the age of uh, seventy seven. Complications uh, from a uh, um, kind of like uh, brain bleeding is what he had going on there, and unfortunately, he was not able to uh, recover. He did pass away at the age of uh, seventy seven. This was a guy that uh, for forty years. Uh, was instrumental in the NBA would not be where it is today uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Hell, it might not even be around if it wasn't for uh, the actions of David Stern and and where this league was when he got in it and where yeah. it finished uh, and where it is now or even when, hell, when he got out of it in 2000, 2011 or 12, I believe, somewhere around there um, and handed the reins off, of course, to Adam Silver, who was kind of his protege the whole time. Uh, this guys, the the things that he did, and and there's a lot of you, I am sure, that may not be old enough to remember what that NBA used to be like uh, mm-hmm. in the late 70s and 80s, where the NBA Finals uh, weren't even a live event. Live. Guys. It, it, it <laughs> yeah. was tape delayed, and even then, they kind of just ran the highlights because nobody gave a crap. Um, you know, the draft lottery was implemented yeah. in the mid 80s because teams were tanking left and right. And he kind of felt like, all right, um, something's got to be done. If there was nothing else he was great at doing is he was able to cut things off and see things um, for the betterment of the game in the future that very few guys could have. Talk about the right guy at the right time uh, for the NBA. Uh, It was all David Stern here, guys. If he does not put that dream team together in the early 90s, basketball, we're not seeing the Greek freak, guys. Luka Doncic isn't here in the States. The ability to be able to put pros in the Olympics in the early 90s, that dream team plus Christian Leitner, um, that, uh, that went ahead and just completely encapsulated the rest of the world. All of a sudden now basketball became this monster thing over in Europe and around the world where people were enamored with magic and Jordan. And now all of a sudden interest globally came because of that dream team, because the Olympics allowed NBA players that he was instrumental in pushing for. He was able to put that team together. And of course, not only did they win gold, the rest is history, but that's what started that overseas global domination um, by and having the vision to see that. I mean, we had gotten our asses handed to us, I believe, in 88. I think the Soviet Union crushed it. It was a bunch of college kids playing against a bunch of grown-ass men, and we kept getting crushed. And he saw an opportunity there to be able to deliver the world's best players on a world landscape because in the early 90s, you know, it, there was no internet. You know, they, it wasn't about the internet and social media, guys. The only way to do it is you had that was one of the biggest platforms in the world then to be able to get guys out in front, and that's exactly what he did. He saw that, he envisioned it, and uh, the rest, guys, is just the the reason they market their stars. 
David Stern. Uh, the reason that, uh, you know, we have seen, um, you know, tanking go away uh, in many aspects, including one of his things on the way out the door, slapping Popovich for sitting guys on Christmas. I mean, that was he was visionary like no other visionary guys. Every sport has guys, Roselli and uh, in the NFL. But David Stern, guys, this, if it wasn't for David Stern, the NBA might not even be. And it's not even. I'm not even kidding. Like the NBA might not exist except for, you know, a couple of teams here or there, you know, kind of like the, uh, um, you know, what the minor football leagues uh, were type of situation because it was in dire straits when he took it over. No, absolutely, Joe. So, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers with the David Stern family, of course. And yeah, I mean, talk about growing the game. Joe, and he did it in so many different ways, right? I think there was like another 10 franchises added to the NBA under his commissionership. Yep. But you talk about some of the big things. I mean, on some level, he got a little bit lucky, you know, in the 80s when you had Bird and Magic and you had the Celtics and the Lakers. But then you talk about how he capitalized on it, mm. right? With the dream team, with marketing. I mean, Michael Jordan was also a revelation, not only because of what he did on the floor, but... Like you were saying, I mean, you know, uh, with with Spike Lee and the Nike mm -hmm. ads, right? Wanting to be like Mike with the Gatorade. I, I mean, thinking of another Dream Team member. Remember in the early 90s, Joe, when Charles Barkley said, no, I'm not a role model, right? Mm -hmm. Those were other things to bring basketball kind of to the forefront and globally, as you mentioned, led by the Dream Team. You talk about the draft uh, lottery. I still think that the envelopes were frozen for New York in 1985. But that's a different topic for a different day, right, Joe? And 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 what do we look at now? You know, we all know, Joe, that football is king here, you know. Mm -hmm. But 20 years ago, baseball was the national pastime, and you gotta believe that right now the NBA, whether it's attendance, marketing, ratings, sales, mm. you gotta believe that the NBA is now actually the second best league, biggest league in this country and is, you know, it really, in my opinion, goes NFL, then NBA, then Major League Baseball, and the rise of basketball happened yep. under David Stern. Absolutely. Uh, and he also, I mean, there's obviously you can't grow without some pains, but there were a number sure. of different situations that happened under his watch that could have absolutely destroyed everything he built. Um, the Malice Donahue, at the Palace? Donahue, number one, sure. you, you know, you've got a uh, you've got a ref that's betting on games that could have been absolutely catastrophic if he doesn't step in yeah. and uh, eliminate the actual truth there and put out the truth. That was uh, uh, he manipulated yeah. a lot of situations, guys, that could have went terrible. But, yeah, oh, longest ever. I mean, in any yeah. professional sport. So it was the guy was truly the right guy at the right time for the NBA. And uh, the old school guys will tell you, even the new school guys, you know, the Luka Doncic's of the world, they ain't here, guys, if it ain't for him. Like, is that ability, and there's a reason why the NFL wants, they want to play in China. They want they want to grow the NFL yeah. to be world dominant. You know, that is why London has been so important to them. Uh, you know, to be able to get to London and then spread yeah. out from the there. City game, yeah. Yep. That was, you know, don't forget, like, that's not new. David Stern did that 40 years ago, guys, 30 years ago. That was it. Now the NFL is just starting to get around to it because they realize how ridiculously profitable it is to take your stars overseas. I don't even listen. 
look at the pipeline that of players that you've got overseas now in the NBA. I, it's not a big pipeline in the NFL, guys. I mean, it's right. There's not a whole lot of every that going year, on. Joe, in the NBA draft. We have to worry about and who are the international guys. It's not just college, exactly. right? And that doesn't happen in the NFL. But yes, whether it's the dream team, guys like Yao Ming, Dirk Nowitzki, you know, starting to blaze a trail that you mentioned. Guys like Luka Doncic, KP and others are walking right now. Listen, he navigated the retirement of Michael Jordan for three years, not because Jordan. Yeah, Michael had well, to go away. Other, well, but again, he is a, a guy lot of stuff that about that. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, he's the guy that had to oversee. If that goes any other way, or if anybody else is handling not only Donahue but Jordan and guys, yeah. there. I mean, it's the things that he had to deal with and he had to overcome as well were just amazing to put the game to where it is here today. And now Adam Silver, who was really his protege, you know, the right. entire time coming up, which was great, kind of groomed him, but. It's a big loss for the NBA, and he is a guy that you're going to look at and years down the road. I don't know if mm-hmm. any of the backstories will come out. He did such a great job of suppressing uh, information and navigating so, through a Internet yeah. world and social media world. Like, he, man, he was ahead of it all, and uh, there aren't many guys like that left that uh, I think can uh, or would have been able to handle that other than David Stern. No, absolutely. Um, we've talked about it. Dep- the growth of the game, the growth of the sport internationally, yep. it blowing up here in the United States as cool. well. And it's leveraging your stars um, yeah. in a in a in a way that was not done, you know, and still the NFL doesn't do right because they're behind the face mask. You know, those NBA stars were playing games of horse right for in commercials right. and that sort right. of thing really brought this to the forefront. But not let him overtake it. He was great at saying, listen, I'm going to promote your ad, but you ain't going to be bigger than the game. And he didn't allow that to happen. Um, that seems to be the biggest knock on Adam Silver. Yeah. You're I hear that, but it is a like, different generation now. You said with is. social media, the individualism of players, I think it's harder to contain. The NFL don't want that. They that don't want to have to battle with the players. That's true. They don't want to have to. It's my team or it's the highway. Now that works, Jerry. Can't even wear the right cleats. Yeah. <laughs> NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, guys, uh, we would love for you here in 2020 to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sports Grid Network. You can get all the fantasy and sports wagering advice you need all the time simply by hitting that little bell in the upper right-hand corner on YouTube. It is the Sports Grid Network. And while you're at it, make sure you head over to Instagram. Follow us at SportsGridTV. And uh, with you, I don't know, nine NBA games, two bowl games, 12 NHL games, 73 college basketball games, all on tap today. Uh, might be a time for you, um, you know, I don't know, might be time for you to be able to get involved here a little bit. And uh, heck, even with the 12 NHL games alone, guys, 
you can light the lamp very easily here this season. Make 2020 a very profitable year and get yourself over to DailyRoto.com. You can learn from the very best daily fantasy sports players. If you're an NHL fan, oh, you got to get there, guys. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS lineups. You can get the combinations, the build stacks for tournaments, all by using Daily Roto and their NHL DFS lineup optimizer. Bottom line, if you are playing daily fantasy hockey right now and you're not utilizing DailyRoto.com, you are doing it wrong, guys. Enter the promo code ACTION right now. Get yourself a 10% discount. That promo code is ACTION. It'll give you a 10% discount. And keep in mind that DailyRoto.com, it is where millionaires are made. And also, listen, we've got uh, we got some wild card weekend. Do we not here, guys? We got some football coming your way on Saturday yes, and Sunday. And uh, some interesting uh, market movements so far here in these uh, in these games. And I can tell you uh, right now that one of the things you need to remember in wild card weekend is uh, is truly whatever you saw during the regular season, guys, throw it out the damn window. It doesn't mean a damn thing. It's called wild card weekend for a reason. And there are some uh, some serious trends here that you guys need to keep in mind when looking at these games, for instance. Uh, road teams here, guys. Uh, road teams over the last two years in Wild Card Weekend, eight and zero against the number, eight oh. and frigging zero against the number. So mm. while we all want to say it's just as easy as uh, you know, hey, let's uh, just say who's got the better record. It, it, no, it, it doesn't work that way. In fact, over the last six years, looking at the numbers against the spread, road teams have won. 15 of the games they've only the home teams only uh, or the favorite rally has only covered eight of them there's only been one push so that's 15 eight and one to the damn uh, to the damn road teams here in wild card weekend so while yes it is important to have home field you know and ha- and have that you know as much as we have uh, been made about you know while well, at least they have a home game even though they didn't get the buy uh, wild card weekend has proven to be anything but a slam dunk for home teams over the last uh, bunch of years. So keep that in mind. Another thing to keep in mind, those teams that have actually been in the playoffs now for the second year, third year versus teams that might be in there for the first time in a while. They weren't in there last year. Uh, That does seem to change things. And one thing to keep in mind this year is all four home teams this weekend they were all in the playoffs last year, guys. So you look at some of these other teams like Tennessee, first time in. Buffalo, weren't there last year. You know, you go down the list here. There are some interesting situations for this. But don't forget the eventual Super Bowl champion started its playoff run on wild card weekend six out of the last eight years, guys. Six out of the last eight. So there is, in all likelihood, based upon those trends, the winner of the Super Bowl is playing this weekend, Dane. Yeah, and if I had to pick one, it would, for me, it would be the New Orleans Saints. And mm-hmm. that would be the only team that I am, to be honest, with your uh, trends and insights when you talk about how the road teams are 8-0 against the spread, how the dogs have been doing mm-hmm. their thing over the last few years. It buoys me because my knee-jerk reaction as I'm looking to these games, Joe, I'm only taking one of the four favorites, in my opinion, so far. 
Um, right. I, well, and, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. the Saints are yep. the only favorite that I like where I'm going to lay the points, okay? Yep. Um, my only question with the other ones is if I'm going to take them outright or if I'm going to take the points depending on where it moves, how I tease it, that sort of thing. And, you know, the Saints are the team for me that feel – like a team that should get a buy. Remember, this mm-hmm. is, I think, Joe, the first time ever we had three 13 win teams. We had in a one conference, we had three 13 win teams in the NFC, obviously mm-hmm. Green Bay and San Fran with the buy. So we have a 13 win team playing on wild card weekend. Joe, I also want to make the point you mentioned that the road teams in wild card weekend over the last couple of years are eight and no. That is against the spread, correct? Always against the spread. Always right. against. So, you know, and I think. I just want to be careful because we have multiple conversations going on. You know, when you say about a team like, oh, it's good that they got a home game. It is good that they get a home game, right? We're talking about the road, the road dogs uh, against the spread. I would be interested to see, Joe, I don't know if you have those numbers, what the numbers straight up would be. Because I'd bet that a lot of these home teams do win, but maybe they're not covering. Okay? And we talk about it all the time. Good teams win. Great teams cover. The great teams had a bye. These are good teams. So, for example, the New England Patriots, maybe they summon the Echoes one more time, right? You mentioned Tennessee is kind of uh, rookies to this spotlight on some level. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if this is kind of a situation where it is good that the Patriots have a home game and they might win the game but not cover what I'm staring at a five and a half point spread. I could see New England winning a 24-20 kind of game. Your numbers would still hold true with the road teams against the spread, but it would behoove the Pats for having the home game and moving on. Outright, uh, I believe, outright winners. Um over the last 46 wild card playoffs had okay. at least a uh, a one point uh had at least uh, there haven't been many pickums over the uh, over the right. times there has always been some significant advantage there and uh the outright winners have done actually pretty well in four over the last fives hitting at about uh the outright winners being the favorites that is in those games about 78% of the time. So the, the outright winners are, you know, most of the time, yes, it, it appears to be that uh, the favorites are uh, not a bad way to go. But that also means that there's some overinflating with those favorites, which is why so many dogs have been able to cover yeah. these games, because it's a heck of a lot closer until you look at when you break it down even further, there is one stat that just can't be denied, of course, and that is yeah. uh, home favorites of at least a touchdown or more as a favorite mm-hmm. there. Yeah, uh, 11 and one straight up there and 10 go. and two against the number since 2005. So that applies obviously that? to one game. Who yeah, that? that that's one game on the board here today that you kind of can't uh, you can't deny, guys. There right. is. If you're an eight point or more than a touchdown favorite in the wild card weekend, there is there is a reason for that. There is absolutely. But it also says something about the experience factor, too, of because even even those numbers I gave you over the last couple of years with road uh, uh, with road teams covering against the number. A lot of that was teams coming back. Uh, in the playoffs and playing teams that this is their first year. So I do think the home teams will have more success this year because all four of them were there last year, uh, at least last year. So taking on some rookies here in those games, Mm. especially with Tennessee going to 
uh, New England, especially with uh, Buffalo now going right. to Houston. There are some rookies in the uh, in the equation here. But also keep in mind, Green Bay and San Francisco weren't there last year either, guys. They're going to be hosting games here next week. But they weren't in the playoffs last year. And in all likelihood, they're going to be taking on uh, a couple of teams who were. So another interesting nugget to keep in the back of your head before you just clearly pick the favorite because they're the home team uh, come these playoffs. So it sounds like when you talk about how the the, the favorite or the home team mm-hmm. wins, but then, you know, maybe not against the spread, they're 0-8 against the spread over the last right. couple of years. You know what's interesting, Joe? All year long, I've heard Gabe Morency talk about how point spreads don't matter. Mm. It sounds, though, that in wild card weekend, Joe, when you put the numbers together, that point spreads do matter. Yes. Because it sounds like these favorites are winning outright, right? The home team gets the win at their home place. Mm-hmm. But they're 0-8 against the spread in the last two years, right? That's correct. So that, that sounds to me like the point spreads this weekend do matter and that teams that might win may not cover. You talk about the Saints with the kind of more than a touchdown spread, right, and that uh, the numbers look good for them. So that's good for me. I'm on the Saints. But then it sounds like even if the Pats win, maybe they ain't going to win by five and a half. If the Houston Texans win, maybe it'll be a bond burner and the same in Philadelphia. So uh, thank you, Joe, for all Mm -hmm. those insights, because it only helps me want to bet three out of four of these dogs this weekend. And just uh, and I'll give you an indication, too, on why it's very dangerous to take a look at the regular season and say, well, they won more games, so they must be better. Right. So those numbers don't exactly bear out either home teams that won fewer games during the season than the wild card team that they are playing. Yeah. Ten and six straight up and against the number. That's the the last 16 matchups. All right. That's what you Philadelphia obviously has the worst record than Seattle. Um, And it's interesting too. home teams that won nine or less during the regular season. Seven and three straight up seven, two and one against the number in wild card playoffs. And by the way, home teams that have won 12 or more games actually have a worse record than uh, than those previous teams that have only won nine or less. They're eight and four straight up. Seven and five against the number in the last 12 games. That's Philadelphia guys and New Orleans. So there is right. uh, there are some interesting trends here to keep an eye on. And a lot of it has to do with, listen, just because the team won 11, 12 games playing a team like Philadelphia, it, throw it out the window, guys. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference. Um, experience definitely plays a role here. Who's been there? Who's done that? Who this is their first time of playing yeah. in a week 18 now? Like who is... There are some things to dive into here, and it starts with figuring out where's the numbers. We'll talk about the numbers right now. What is the market telling us with these four games this weekend? We'll dive into those matchups. We'll do that coming up next here as we look to make it rain in 2020 for you on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.
right, guys, taking a look here at uh, at this wild card weekend. Some very interesting uh, trends uh, emerge when you're talking about wild card weekend here. And there are uh, there are some things to pull out from this as you take a look at these uh, games, because uh, certainly enough data and enough uh, situations here to be able to point us uh, in the right direction to start looking. And uh, one of the big takeaways, of course, is throw away what you saw in the regular season. It doesn't make a darn bit of difference if a team won nine games, 12 games, 11 games. It doesn't It doesn't make a difference. Uh, home teams uh, have seemed to have uh, a little bit of difficulty covering over the last uh, two years, actually over the last six years, in fact. They've had a hard time actually going up against the number and covering, winning straight up, sure, but covering different story. And maybe the biggest trends, Dan, and where the biggest profit profitability to me is is when you look at the totals for instance the last seven years in wild card games the under is 27 and one 20 to the under seven to the over and one push the last nine years when road teams win outright the total under 17 three and two to the under Home teams only average around 14 points a game in those situations. So if you have a road team that you like to win outright this weekend, you better double it up with the under because the under has proven to be absolutely profitable. Of 22, let's say the last 22 wildcard games, if they have a total of 44 or higher, the under 16-5-1. So you're starting to see a big trend coming over here um, where the unders have been extremely profitable in these matchups on Saturdays and Sundays, Dane, where maybe not nearly as much offense as we expect there to be, but a whole lot of defense, you know, a little tighter, a little less time to prepare, a little. It's, um, you know, a lot of these Philadelphia and listen, Philadelphia and Seattle have already played each other. So familiarity, they're going to have it. You know what I mean? Um this is going to be a very interesting weekend, not to mention you're looking at Tennessee and New England. Tennessee never having played in the playoffs. New England, not the same offensive juggernaut they have been. So unders are an interesting way to look here this uh, this Saturday and Sunday. You know, another thing that I would think of, Joe, and you let me know if this maybe plays into it as well, is now all of a sudden we're in the playoffs. Maybe more public, maybe more just fans are betting it. And you know fans love the unders. I mean, they love the overs and the favorites, right? Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if there's more casual fans. You know, they're not betting necessarily your random week 12, Mm -hmm. you know, Titans versus Jaguars game. But everybody wants to have a little bit of action on the standalone playoff games. And maybe there's more casual money in the handle and that just leans towards favorites that leans towards overs. So maybe, you know, these road dogs against the spread are doing well. Unders as a total are doing one. Well, I wonder Mm. if there's, you know, less sharp money in the handle when we hit the playoffs. It's um, yeah, they're, they're always, don't forget the, the books are always shading to the favorite because they know where the public is going. So if you're backing nothing but favorites, you're, you're, you're paying more cool. than you need to be paying. You're, you're laying more. Not you're paying more points than you need you're to be laying. Playing the premium here. for it, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's just happening. But there are a couple of games that are very tight. I think it, the first game, uh, four o'clock yeah. on Saturday, inside a is field a goal. game where with it within a field goal, right? Within yep. three points, two and a half, right okay. now. Okay. 
So what do we know? What has history told us about that? Well, I'll tell you from a total in uh, Wild Card Weekend, games that are within minus three, plus three, somewhere in that uh, ballpark, the under is on a 15-7-1 run. So what's the total in that Buffalo-Houston game at FanDuel? I'm staring at 43 and a half. There you go, guys. Uh, there is uh, there is some precedence there to say tightly uh, when they've got that game within a field goal, uh, chances are it's going to be within a field goal, guys, and it's not going to be a whole lot of blowing out one way or the other here. But the under, 15-7-1. And, and another interesting thing, Dane, there's a big difference between games played on Sunday and games really? played on Saturday. That's so of the of the 26, uh, the last 26 Sunday wild card games, 19 have gone under. 19 of the 26 have hit the under on Sunday. Of the last 24 Saturday games, the over has hit in half the time, 12 times. So it's been half and half. So okay. Saturday games seem to be getting a little bit more, uh, a little more interesting. Sundays clearly have been favored to the under in the playoffs here over the last, oh, I don't know, let's see, 26. So, uh, you know, you're talking a, a pretty good chunk of time there to be able to pull some, uh, uh, the deduct some reasoning there. And seeding also plays a huge role. Number four seeds, for instance, they're on yeah. a 16 and 10 straight up and 15, nine and two against the run over the last 13 years. So number four seeds, 16 out of 10, I mean, 16 and 10, four seeds have been winning games. And I know we're looking at that Philadelphia and Seattle game going, no way, no way Philadelphia wins this game with how beat up they are. Well, they've done a pretty good job, number four seeds over the years of actually dominating their wild card uh, opponent there, which I think speaks to what is the number right now at FanDuel for Seattle, Philadelphia? Uh, right now, Philly is a home dog by one and a half points. Close game, guys. Really close game. Under looks good. What you just said before, you know, the yep. idea of these like division winners who only win nine games, you know, they wind up Damn and turn around and win. I'm thinking That's about right. the Marshawn Lynch run with Seattle. That was yep. the situation they had. And by yep. the numbers, Joe, if you're the worst division winner, that eight and eight, nine and seven team, you're the four seed, just like you're saying. That's correct. And three six. And these are some interesting 3-6 matchups, right? New England at home taking on Tennessee. And, of course, uh, you've got the Saints at home taking on Minnesota. Of the last 14 three-versus-number-six matchups, the under, 13-0-1. Really? <laughs> it's crazy, right? Undefeated, huh? Uh, yeah, undefeated. One push, but the under between the last uh, the number three and six, guys, is kind of crazy, man. The under has dominated in those three, six seeds. And there's some interesting games. What's the total in the New Orleans game? Uh, 49 and a half. It's the highest on the board this week. That's a lot of points when you, when you take it down. Can that defense hold up? And again, I would caution you, your recency bias or what you have seen during the regular season with some of these teams, you know, wild card weekend, it's wild for a reason, Dane. There, mm -hmm. anything can happen with these games. And we all know it's a hell of a lot more profitable to find a couple of dogs you like as opposed to a couple of favorites. And don't get it confused just because the team won 11 or 12 games and they're playing a team that won nine or 10. Yeah, it don't necessarily play nearly as much as uh, as folks think they do. But again, we know the public loves favorites. They love the over.
It doesn't right. surprise me, Dane, that the unders have been one of the most profitable tickets during a wild card weekend because if that recreational money coming in, they ain't betting saying, unders. Yep. Hell That's what I'm no, saying. they ain't betting unders. Take advantage of that, right? If the public yep. is playing the over tax or the favorite tax, and even if that gets mm-hmm. you, what, half a point or a point here, uh, right. that's a little bit of extra cushion for you, um, you know, to kind of sneak under. I also yep. like the idea of the tease in some mm-hmm. of these games, Joe, because, listen, when I see numbers that are, like, between one and two and a half, right. I like that movement because I can get past three and I can get past seven. And right. every game, with the exception of Tennessee, New England is right in that territory, okay? You can move twos to eights. You can move one and a half to seven and a half. And then the way you're talking, Joe, I may take one of these totals and bump them up six and a half points as well and go under them. Like, for example, Joe, Mm -hmm. in that first game, I kind of like pumping Buffalo up to nine and moving the total up to 50 and going under that. Absolutely. And I and I think the Bills are a perfect example in that game as well, man. Six point teaser in the Bills. Give me what? Eight and a half now. Give me eight and, and a half. Right. And then and get me the total. total up to 50. You damn straight. Yeah. Because uh, that game is every every trend we just gave you speaks to that That's game right. over there regarding right the, there. Uh, yep. the under in that game. And yep. if you think the Bills and it's within I like the three. Bills anyway. I think the Bills might win outright, to be quite you honest. You might have a dog on your hand. Yep, absolutely correct. What are they the on Bills the money line, by the way? plus 130. That's what I was just going to say. They're plus, plus 130. Okay. They're plus 130, right around where I got the Oregon Ducks yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I know we'll go deeper and deeper into the games and what we like, but I trust the Bills' defense more than anything in Houston. Right. I really do. More, certainly yeah. more than the offensive line protecting Deshaun Watson. Well, you know, and now the other, you know, to the flip side, to give you guys perspective here is yeah. that you know, some of the things that we talked about here with these numbers also take into consideration first time playoff teams in a while right. versus experienced playoff teams. So, sure. again, it's not just all one sided what, you know, because of what we're talking about. And, you know, we're leaning towards the bills here. Oh, the absolutely. reality is. The Bills have not been here before. The the Texans have, and that has certainly over time. So many Saturday wildcard games, Joe. <laughs> yeah, it's proven to be uh, it's proven to be an edge for teams that have been there and done that. So it's not you know take that into consideration. Put all the data together to come up with your choice. But it should be said that the Bills, as good as they've been, they're they're newbies here. They weren't here last year. So Texans have been there and done that. The Titans and Patriots are another situation here, Dane. Two ways to look at this, right? You had a New England team that needed to win against the Dolphins as a 17-point favorite and threw up all over themselves. You got a Tennessee team that controlled their destiny for three weeks, all right? And it finally took them a second half against the second team of the Texans to finally clinch it. So neither of these two teams, as far as I'm concerned, are coming in here at the top of their game in any stretch. I've seen both of these teams in games that they needed to win, not win. Uh, And what we saw from New England, if that doesn't give you pause, I don't know what will. It's not the same old New England, New England, but at the same time, a team that has been there before last year versus a team who hasn't. So these are the things you have to weigh when you're deciding to make a play here. What do you trust more when it's all said and done? Uh, In this game, against... My hopes and dreams, Joe, 
because I would love it to be the fall of the era. And we've yes. been saying all year that New England, you know, is not the vintage team. But I think it befalls them when they go on the road later on in the playoffs. I think this profiles to still be like the one last hurrah. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's funky stuff, Joe. We've seen linebackers out in the flat, flea flickers, Julian Edelman throwing passes. I wouldn't be surprised if former quarterback Mohamed Sanu gets involved. Former quarterback Julian Edelman gets involved. And, you know, block punts and weird mm -hmm. stuff goes down. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill's headset cuts out randomly. That kind of stuff is going to go down on Saturday. Saturday. I think this is the one last hurrah. I think New England sneaks it out one last time and then ultimately gets dump trucked in Arrowhead <laughs> next weekend. It's a, it's a unique game. You've got a total hovering right uh, where is it below 44? Is it 43, 42 right now? 44 and a half. And fan oh, so it's going up. Ah, uh, there you 44 go. 44 and a half. On fan yep. Yep. And what it's did we say about these games? It's 44 and over. Yep. 44 and over. Right there. Yep, coming in. And the Patriots were at five and a half to open up. Where are we at right now with them four and a half? Still five and a half. It's still five and a half. Oh, it's still it's five and a half. Public I money. Think everyone's scared <laughs> to pull the trigger, so I know I am. What I want and what I think is just like I just don't know if I can pull the trigger. And here's an interesting question we'll tackle on the way back. If the Patriots lose, is yeah. it over for good, guys? Is it over for good? We'll talk about that coming up next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, trying to uh, trying to break down these uh, these NFL Wild Card Weekend games, throwing a lot of a uh, lot of trends your way, giving you an idea on uh, how different it is from the regular season, what we're about to embark on. But the question is uh, is out there, Dane Patriots. Yeah. You better have a little sprinkle something on the plus 180 for the Titans here, guys. I'm just telling you right now. Uh, because if, in fact, they do lose the Patriots, the question remains, is it over then? Is it truly over this dynasty of the Patriots, this uh, this we need to fear, uh, you know, the, the hoodie and uh, Brady? Is it over, Dane? Is it finally over with a loss to the Titans if it happens this weekend? Uh, it depends on what you mean by it. Uh, but yes, I think when you talk about fearing them, yes, I think that is over. Now, could next year, first of all, if Tom Brady, who will, by the way, not necessarily be under contract in a couple of weeks, but that's a different topic for a different story. Um, so, you know, like, do I fear them or should teams fear them? No. Are they capable? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, the, like can Tiger Woods still win a major? Yes. 
Do you mm-hmm. fear him to do so? No. You know, it's kind of like that. They can summon it up, and I think they will one more time on Saturday night. But, no, it's coming to a close. We saw this. All right, the man is turning 42. No one's afraid of them unless they get different weapons and restock. Um, and as a different team, you know, they go on to get A.J. Green or something. Um, no, I think the days of fearing them are over. And, I mean, you know, it's a two-decade run. For goodness yeah. sake. And I think the, the, the real intriguing off-season story here, guys, is going to be does, does Robert Kraft mm-hmm. allow Bill Belichick to do what he has always done, which is get rid of a player a year, early, year early rather than a year One late? Year early. Will That's he allow right. Belichick to, to cut ties with Brady? And then are we okay with seeing, I mean, Patriot fans might have a coronary if they see Brady in another uniform. They're not going to know what to do. Listen, Joe uh, Montana think, was with the Chiefs. Joe Namath was with another team. I mean, it happens. Yeah, and none of those things worked out well. So the question hey, is, Manning won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. give Belichick permission to go ahead and say, "Let's now's the time to move on. No more quarterbacks available in the free agency market than the ones that will be available next year. That, to me, is going to be win or lose the biggest storyline in the offseason. What does Kraft do? Let's go around. Is Kraft in jail? <laughs> <laughs>